0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Broker Talk, of course, your number one source for everything real estate, and of course, we always tell it like it is, broadcasting today from high above beautiful Boston in our Castles Unlimited Space Needle. I'm Evan, filling in for Jim, and with me as always, Larry Laufer.
1: It's cold out there, isn't it, Evan? It's 16 degrees yesterday, Uh, but it's warm in here. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to help you understand all your failures. Uh, Johnny Moe is in the house. He's a trainer, he's a coach, he's an entrepreneur, he's a realtor, he's everything. Um, For many, many years, Johnny Moe has been helping not only himself and his clients, but so many people in the real estate uh, industry to understand how to set, keep goals, and how to get on. And uh, so let's get on with it. Let's uh, introduce Johnny Mao. Hey, everybody. Thank you. And thank you for having me, Larry. Johnny, uh, you own a company called More GCI. Tell me a little bit
0: about that. So More GCI, obviously GCI, gross commission income. My initial goal was to create a tracker for real estate agents to understand the numbers when I was training at a large franchise, locally there was no real good tool so I created one Uh, and basically what I like to do and everything is to break macro goals down to micro goals and that's what this system does and it tracks all of your micro goals and to make sure that you're hitting the micro goals because when you're hitting the micro goals you will inevitably hit the macro goal. So it's breaking it down. It's it's one step at a time, kind of an approach. Exactly, exactly that. So
1: let's talk about some of the failures. Uh, I've been at this a long time, as as are you. I can certainly uh, my uh, my own bugaboo is that a word? Uh, mm. Is uh, consistency. Mm. I'm really great some days. Mm-hmm. I'm not so good some days. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about
0: other failures and and how can I can o- overcome that one. The dirty little C word, consistency. And that's the importance of tracking everything that you do, right? Because there's 365 days in a year, roughly 240 working days, if you consider the five-day work week. So if you take that big macro goal and you break it down to micro goals and you know that you need to be having two unique and qualified appointments per week, first appointment only, or eight or 10 or 11 or 12, two-way conversations about real estate every single day, and that's all you need to do. You don't have to worry about anything else. You're able to shut it down, and that anxiety will stop. But if you are not consistent, and what happens often, Larry, agents will start to get busy. Then they will just stop doing the required activities. First of all, this is a business. They need to execute as a manager. Uh, That manager is going to give you your tasks that you need to do. If that requires those 8 to eight conversations per day to get to those two unique and qualified appointments per week if you don't do the eight appoint uh eight conversations today when are you going to do it and that's called a negative gap you've got to track that negative let me rephrase that you need to track that negative gap that way when you get back to being uh Focused on your lead generation activities and, and, and the daily behaviors that you need to be doing, you can look at that and say, "Wow, I have a negative 16. I need to make that up over the next 16 days. I need to make eight plus one, and I'll be back to par." Does that make sense? It
1: it, it absolutely does make sense. Here's, mm. uh, and I'm just going to speak for myself because I'm the only one here. Mm. Um, with me in gold tracking, it was always like we're, I w- uh, studied with Barino, who mm-hmm. we both know. Love Barino, yeah, yeah, fantastic. He's, dude. he's an awesome guy. Expired plus, mm-hmm. you should definitely um, if you're having any trouble getting. Uh, Understanding how to get yourself motivated. He's a good guy to talk to. Fantastic. Um, but uh, his program was very similar to mm-hmm. that. You always have numbers that you're supposed to reach. Mm-hmm. And I, I found myself at times thinking about, well, if I just get these 20 letters out, then I'm going to be successful. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's not just that one task. It's doing that task with intent. I'm sending yeah. this letter so I can talk to that person so I can help them sell or buy whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Y- you have to connect everything to these tasks because tasks
0: are tasks. Um, yeah. Let, let, let me just say this. this I've studied the, the failure points. I've studied, I mean, we have a high failure rate, 87% is yeah. what most people will tell. Yeah. Okay. So the SBA says that four out of five small businesses fail within the first few years. Well, four out of five is 80 percent, 80 and 87 percent close enough for me to be able to say well, I see a pattern. Yes. And what the SBA says uh, is the reason that small business fail is lack of managerial experience. Let me rephrase that. Let me re- restate that. Lack of managerial experience. So that basically means they don't know how to manage And we get into this business and every franchise, every broker out there in the world says the same thing. Go contact your sphere of influence, go network, go do this, go put a Facebook ad out, do this, do that. But nobody ever understands the unique question of why. Right. And we gotta understand that why. Why are we saying to do these things? But we can't just do them blindly. It's like this, most people coming into the industry have what i call a salaried mindset they came from some form of job and with that job which stands for just over broke you came in you punched the clock you did a predetermined set of tasks that your manager created for you you punched out you did that four more times you got a paycheck at the end of the week let's say it's 857 dollars 13 you can spend every penny of that all you have to do is come in next week do the same thing five days in a row and you get another check. It just is always there. Now coming into this business, nobody's created those predetermined set of tasks. You have to set, create that predetermined set of tasks. And now you also get the luxury of doing those tasks and tracking those tasks to make sure that they're getting done. Well, that's the management part. Mm-hmm. That's
1: And people who are self-employed don't mm-hmm. realize that they're the worker. They're mm-hmm. the manager. They're the CEO. They mm-hmm. have to do everything. Everything. And And they don't segment those those aspects in their in their daily work nope. and quite often they get lost or uh, I, I, I don't know who said it but uh, someone said uh, majoring in minor activities. Mm-hmm. so you get caught in the transactional details so I've sure. got to you know I've got to go get my fire certificate I've got to do this mm-hmm. and all of that activity is not really activity producing or marketing your business. I, I agree. You're being busy for the sake of being busy, but you need to be productive. So how is it that your clients uh, succeed?
0: Uh, you have a, a program called UPAD? Uh, that's a principle of mine that is the core of my training. UPAD, UPAD stands for Understand, Plan, Action, and Discipline. Now, I think the very first book anybody needs to read, getting into real estate or getting into business for yourself, is Michael Gerber's The E-Myth. And Michael will break business down into three unique levels called the entrepreneur level, the technician level, and the uh, the management level. Entrepreneur, manager, and technician. Most of us, uh, when we get into real estate or let's face it like this, if you're a plumber and you work for Tom and then you decide you don't like the way Tom's doing business anymore, you're going to go open up your own business and your name's Bill. You're probably going to be Bill's Plumbing. you're just going to go create a job for yourself self-employed even Robert Kiyosaki talks about that where you have the employee the self-employed and one and one on the left-hand side of the quadrant and then the right-hand side of the quadrant you have business owner and investor so most people are operating as a self-employed person where they need to be thinking as a business owner the Power of Upad is the management level understands and plans what you, the entrepreneur, is trying to accomplish. Let's say your goal is to make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year gross commission income. To some people, they have never even handled that amount of money. So to try to understand that is a big mammoth task. But it's really broken down simply. If your average commission is ten thousand dollars, you need to sell twenty-five houses. Simple math, right? Yes. So now, okay, I understand 250,000 here are all my numbers. Let me make a plan to do that. So 250,000, 10,000 commission breaks down to uh, 25 unique contact I mean, 25 transactions per year. If you take that by an average conversion rate, and if we go to the millionaire real estate agent, page 180, 181, we can create a formula there, which is roughly about a 52 percent conversion rate, on average across the board. This is why this is another matrix you need to track because if you're at 60% and I'm at 40%, we're going to have different outputs. Now, all of a sudden, I need to do 46 unique and qualified appointments per week, 46 unique and qualified appointments per year, first appointment only. So that's less than one new appointment with a qualified buyer or seller per week. Now, that's going to break down to how many conversations. On average, it breaks down to anywhere between 8 and 11. Yeah, I mean, uh, just following the numbers is
1: is the key. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of the other failures? I mean, this is a huge topic, and I want to say one thing about coaches. Uh, We've had many of them on the show, and we're going to have many more. Uh, Each coach has a plan, and all of these plans are uh, not unique in the sense that they're they're unique of themselves because business is business you can't get business unless you're talking to people mm-hmm. and but the way in which it's it's uh, communicated makes a difference there's uh, Tom Ferry and there's a Barino. you know these are two very very different kinds of people mm-hmm. um, one of our guests was uh, uh, a coach for introverted agents mm-hmm. you know you would think there is an introverted agents but there is and mm-hmm. she has a plan um, so your UPAD makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. uh, to me, but connecting everything on a daily basis, is there anything that you can say about that? How do we do that when we come in the office and, oh, somebody posted something on Facebook and I've got to respond to that or some political thing goes on,
0: you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. So uh, what I say is you got to identify your high yield and low yield. Ac- First of all, you got to identify your high yield and low yield activities. Okay. And put all that low-yield activity to the side. Just forget about it. Put dollar signs next to the stuff if you need to. And high-yield activities to me is anything that really truly pays me. Um, Hot leads, follow-ups, appointments, closings, listings. I'm going to put all my energy that I have. And when all those tasks are done, then I'll move on to the web stuff. Because if you take a look at all your low-yield activities, there's a lot of this stuff that you can do while the houses of beverly uh, the housewives of beverly hills is on or or whatever tv that you watch i don't watch we don't have tv in my house um, but you can do a lot of these activities in the evening or in downtimes right because if we look at our day there's 24 hours in a day there's eight optimal hours those eight optimal hours you need to be, need to be doing your high yield activities you can be doing all that other low yield activity stuff early in the morning You don't need to be posting on Facebook at two o'clock in the afternoon. If you're in a group or you have a page or anything, you can actually schedule that. Or if you have uh, a third party that's going to post for you, you can can schedule all that. That's leverage. Leverage wins, right? So if you can start to take a look at your high yield and low yield activities, do the low yield activities during low yield activity time, do only the high yield activity, uh, high yield activities during high yield activity time. That includes building relationships, never eat alone. Right. I did today because I'm traveling, but never eat alone when you're in your local area. Always bring somebody to lunch and have build that relationship. Not other agents could be a mortgage uh, partner. It could be a referral partner, somebody from your power circle. It could be an agent you're recruiting, could be an agent you're recruiting, mentoring or something like that. But if Tom says, hey, you want to go grab a sandwich? I probably don't want to go with Tom because I know that's going to lead to three martinis. Right. (laughs) That's an 80s thing. Yeah. But they had the cocaine back then, too. So you
1: were buzzed for the afternoon. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) But then we have to time block. Most people don't time block. And here's the thing. All you really need to do is lead generate for uno hours per day, one hour. If you lead generate for just one hour a day, every day, consistently, you'll have enough business throughout the year. Well, that's another
1: measurement, you know, one hour. Now, Mm -hmm. um, I I adhere to that. You have to prospect every day. I have to do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't answer my phone. I just do what I'm supposed to do. Um, But it's interesting. It takes me longer than an hour Mm -hmm. to do it because uh, I'm really thinking about that person Mm -hmm. and i'm doing some research before i put them on the
0: phone uh get them on the phone intentional you're 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 intentional so you can come into lead generation minus lead, put the headphones on and just hit dial and start dialing like a banshee or you can actually and this is the same way i operate my business is all built on referrals and networking and everything else like that i want to spend a few minutes getting to know you what drives you what hot buttons do you have what connections do we have because let me let me just tell you the importance of networking. Technology and networking and relationships, they, they, it can't be one or the other. They're tied together. So technology is great at maybe creating the initial contact or keeping you organized. Now, it was probably 2004. I got an internet lead. I, I don't even think Zillow existed at this time. No, I think, it didn't. Yeah, and Facebook didn't really exist at this time. Nope. I came out of the dot-com world I was a network engineer. I saw a a huge opportunity. I was the number one ranked site in my area, in my state. Um, I saw that everybody had these static websites that were just ugly. And I came out with this dynamic website and had all, all, it was just totally awesome. I got an inquiry from somebody that was looking to relocate out here. We got into talking, come to find out. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Orthopedic surgeons make, good money. All surgeons make good money. Came out, worked with them. The hospital asked, do you need somebody to show you around? He says, no, I got a great agent. That led me to having the conversation at the end with the HR person who says, we relocate. Since that, she introduced me to other HR people in other departments. And I helped 26 to 30 uh, surgeons and executives relocate, giving a percentage of my commission back to the Children's Hospital at Dartmouth, yeah. as this was going on, and we donated, we were able to donate a lot of money over the time. That's a win-win-win. That is a huge
1: win-win-win, mm-hmm. and I don't think enough agents think about that. Right. You know, that that stop pissing people off and trying to create relationships. Yeah. You know, answer your phone. Mm-hmm. Get back to people when they call you. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. It's simple, but it, it's hard. So let's talk about some of the failures. Now, you, you, you coach a lot. Mm-hmm. What are some of the failures that you see over and over and over again and, Can you solve them for our audience right now? (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, The first failure uh, is a lack of any kind of business plan or strategy. And within all of that is they haven't probably identified who they are and what their brand is. Right? It doesn't matter what company you work for. You have a unique brand. You are the unique brand. And they haven't identified who their ideal client is. And this leads to... I don't even know what the word is, but insanity. You're just trying to please everybody and running around. Some of the greatest things for me is, uh, yeah, I just don't, yeah, let me refer you to somebody because that's just not up my alley, right, right? right? And I'm able to shut the phone off. So I think one of the biggest failures is they don't even know who they are or what their message is. There's 1.2 billion realtors out there. Why are you any different? Yeah. What sets you apart? Yeah, exactly. What's your message? What's your, what's your vision? What's your drive? What is your unique Proposition that you're going to give to somebody, and by the way,
1: your your unique selling proposition is not because you're with X Y Z agency. Not at all. It has nothing to do with that. And so many people, they get uh, there's the Kool Aid drinkers, and mm-hmm. you know the other people that are bow down to, you know, or take a ride on the uh, on the balloon. Um, yeah. All of them uh, have nothing to do with what your personal brand is. You. You are unique to the people that you talk to and they're going to hire you based on their uh, uh, understanding of you. So if you are not building your brand in their mind,
0: then you've uh, you you're failing 100 percent. You are failing to identify to the consumer who you are. Yeah. Take a look at Coca-Cola. Take a look at Nike. Man, they don't even need to say put any words on any of their advertising. You know who they are and what they stand for. Right. The other biggest failure I see out there is um, financial. And according to the SBA, financial literacy and discipline are other top three or four reasons why small businesses fail. And you get that $10,000 commission check, but oh crap, you got to play catch up because you allow these bills to snowball because guess what? You didn't get in and get paid in two weeks. It might be three months, six months down the road before you get paid. And I find the higher priced areas, the longer it is, Yeah, right? Because there's more people there. So when you get into this business, you need some sort of operating capital. All businesses have it. I started a software company. I bootstrapped it. I had to put money into an account. So we had operating account until we tried to get some venture capitalism or whatever and then we started to get some revenue and those types of things but the money's got to come from somewhere i know most of the crm owners out there the great people but if your credit card don't work neither does your crm <laughs> okay so you yeah, got yeah. to have some funds buy
1: it in advance please <laughs> right and putting
0: it all on credit cards isn't a strategy unless no. you have a strategy no. but once you start getting money coming in it's like, all right, I'm saved. I've been liberated. Yeah. But the truth is, you haven't been. Right. Because they're going to get that. And I know you've seen it. Here comes that agent. has got the new BMW or the new Mercedes. got new $300, $400 suits. I mean, you see me. I don't I don't wear suits anymore. I don't either. I'm just them glad all.
1: you wore pants. Yeah,
0: me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, 16 degrees, I don't wear <laughs> pants. Um, but they get the money, and then they mishandle it. And that's the same thing with sports, you know, professional athletes. They don't have money. Now, all of a sudden, they got millions. You're right. right? Right. So I came up with this thing. Somebody taught me this years ago. I mean, I'm talking maybe 2004. When you get that commission check, your broker, I don't care who you work for, your broker is nice. They've already taken their cut. And you get the check. So we're going to use 10000 again because it's easy math. 25% 25% of that is your business partners, and you've got to put that to the side. The IRS, you've got to pay taxes, because if you don't, then you're going to get failure to pay penalties, you're going to have to be paying 21.9% interest, or have to come up with this large sum of money. But if you took 2500 right off the get-go in Massachusetts, where we are, there's another what, 6% Yeah, state tax, so you might want to be thinking 30%. In right. California, I think the income tax is 104%. But you've got to take that and you've got to account for that.
1: <laughs> 104%. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, you, you've got to put that into a separate account or pay them right away. you got to put, retain 20% into your business account because, again, you need that operating capital ongoing. If you want to do a marketing campaign and you have no money, you can't do it. And then you want to put some money away for a rainy day because we don't get paid normal. So if we can have 15% put away into a savings account, I like to always have three months liquid available. And when what happens is once I get three months liquid available, then all the money that I start to make goes into mutual funds and into other cryptocurrency if I want, because if I lose it, it doesn't hurt that bad. And then 40% retains into my personal account. And even Grant Cardone says I buy whatever I want as long as it's in my 40%. And I believe the same thing. I'll buy whatever. If I need, if I want to buy a boat, I need to increase my 40% means I need to increase my sales. It all scales together. But if you don't account for taxes, business, savings, uh, you know, rainy day in your personal accounts, then who will? That's exactly, exactly. Let's uh, let's jump back for a
1: moment to the brand. Mm -hmm. Um, How do uh, so many agents don't know who they are or what they are? Um, I was taught many years ago uh, the way to get to the brand, and I'd like your response on this. So it said go out and talk to 10 people, three people you know, three people that you worked with, and and four clients, and ask each of them to tell you or write down for you three uh, uh, examples of how you are, like you're smart, you're funny, you're intelligent, you're... Uh, responsive, whatever they are. And then after you get all of those back, you measure each one of them that said, and the top three things are what your brand is. So I thought I was one thing, and then I went and did this exercise and found out I was something different because what I thought I was, I really wasn't to the people that knew me the best or had worked with me the longest. How do you get to uh, building a
0: brand? What creates the brand um that that is a deep, really deep question uh, or, or the answer is really deep, and I think it's multiple things, and what you said is starts to scratch the surface, but I think you can take a look at what you just said and say, maybe it's the message that I'm putting out, and it can be tweaked just a little bit. the greatest thing I can ever suggest anybody is go to the Apple commercial from whatever it was, 1984, where the uh, soldiers are chasing the lady running down the hall and she eventually goes into a room. And this is like IBM against something new. And she gets into that room and and everybody's watching the same film and she swings the uh, thing around the the sledgehammer and it goes in and breaks the uh, screens and it, it simply said, think different. Right. So I think we get too far in the complexity of things, and it's really something simple. And what I'm going to say is, what is your brand? It's what you want it to be, but you got to think about it. I think you got to meditate on it and, and, and try to visualize what it is. What is the message I'm trying to deliver? I had the luxury two or three years ago going to a special camp for investors and venture capitalists and stuff. And I got to be mentored by Roland Ryan Foland that weekend. And Ryan Foland is the inventor of the 313 method of communication or the 313 method. And the 313 method, look him up on YouTube. He's got a lot of great stuff out there. And he changed the way that I look at everything to a simplistic way. 313, 3 stands for what is the problem that you're trying to solve? What is the market? And what's your solution? Now, take those three things and put it into one sentence. And now take that one sentence and put it into three connective words. So I think when we go through that exercise, see, and part of doing this, part of developing your brand is when somebody asks you in a social setting, Larry, what do you do? You're asking me? Yeah. What's your typical answer? Somebody says, so Larry, what do you do? Nice to meet you. What do you do? I listen for a living. See, fantastic answer, right? Well, thank you. (laughs) Majority of real estate agents are going to say, I'm a real estate agent instantly you've been prejudged. Yeah, instantly. Yeah. It's like, whoa, yeah. fight or flight, they're right? flying. And what Ryan says is you want to get that person to say, how or how do you do that? Or, yeah. or what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you want to get to that point. You tell them exactly what you do up front. Yeah. Defense goes up. So part of your brand is also what is my message that I'm trying to deliver? What, what problem am I trying to solve? What is my solution? And who's my target audience?
1: Johnny Mo, I wish we had more time. I just have to say right now that we have uh, our sponsor today is the Savage Wiener, a gourmet hot dog. And here's my co-host, Jim. It's also sponsored by Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers online. Go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs. So uh, again, thanks Johnny Mo. He can be found on
0: Facebook. Uh, more GCI. You can look at more GCI just uh, at most of the other places at Johnny Mo Training. Awesome.
1: Broker Talk. Am I still live? Yeah. Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. This is Jim Lowenstern signing off. And Larry Laufer. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. See you next week. Hit him with the hind.